Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast of Venture Church in South Mississippi. Find out more about us at VentureChurch.org. Well, hey, welcome to Venture Church, wherever you are, if you're here in Hattiesburg, right here at Lincoln Road, over at the Hunt Club campus, to our people down in Stone County, and of course, of course, Gulfport. Hey, look, we're so excited that you're here, that you chose to worship with us. Hey, and shout out to my people in Jones County that's watching, and really, man, all around the world with Church Online, we are so excited that you're here and that you're worshiping with us. Listen, if you have not been tuning in with us long, then maybe you don't know, we are in a really exciting season as a church. And it's not just because SEC football is back, although, right, glory, but um, it's been a really exciting season at the church. And listen, yes, we know, we know there's a pandemic, right? Yes, we know, man, that, that all of our plans for 2020 have been absolutely blown up. Yes, we know that there are a lot of uncertainties, a lot of difficult circumstances around us, but... Hey, we also know a God that holds all of them in his hands, right? We know the creator and the sustainer of the universe. We know the one who holds all circumstances. We know that our God, the God we worship, the God we follow, that our heavenly father, man, we know that nothing that's happened this year has caught him by surprise. And we know that with every obstacle we have in front of us, that it becomes an opportunity for God to show his glory and his power. And so as a church, man, we, we've taken the obstacles that we, listen, we all have faced, right? We've taken these obstacles and we've begun to look at them through the lens of, hey, what does God want to do in this season? What does God want to show us through these obstacles? How can we begin to overcome these and see these obstacles as opportunities for God's grace and God's glory to be known? And so throughout this season, right, throughout COVID, we, we've looked at several obstacles, one of which has been, you know what, hey, for a long time, man, we were really unsure about people gathering together in, in large crowds and buildings, right? We wanted to be safe. We want to be careful. And we still have a whole lot of protocols in place. If you're at one of our campuses today, man, you know that walking through the campuses, we're wearing masks, we're distancing in our chairs, we're, we're sanitizing everything we can. But what we've seen in this season is, hey, you know what? Man, maybe we don't need big buildings. Maybe we don't need big crowds. Maybe we don't need big stages and lights to have church. As a matter of fact, hey, we only need two things to have church. We need people and we need God. And what Jesus said is, hey, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I will be. So really what we need is we just need a couple of people who are gathered together intentionally for the purpose of glorifying God. And so a few weeks ago, we started what we've simply called house church, right? Which is people gathering together in homes for church. And so every Wednesday at 6.30 from Gulfport all the way to Laurel, over 120 interstate miles, there are people gathered together in communities, in neighborhoods, in homes, in living rooms, and churches happening. People are gathered together intentionally, and they're devoted to one another. Man, they're, they're living life together. People who have come from different backgrounds, who are living different stories, who are in totally different places in life. Man, at the house church I've been a part of, there's been college students, and there's been college professors sitting beside each other, growing in the purpose that God's called them to. Hey, you want to talk about how you change a community, how you change the world, how you change our neighborhoods? That's how. You get people from different walks of life gathered together for one purpose, a united purpose to see God glorified and things begin to change. This has been absolutely incredible to see. But just, man, full honesty with you, right? Transparency. It, it's, been, it's been a pretty stressful season for me personally, right? Just, just in a lot of the things that's been going on, it's been a little overwhelming at times, if I'm honest with you. 
And I, and I know, like, I know somebody's getting ready to hit me with a joke already. Like, man, cops, preachers only work on Sundays, right? But listen, there really is, there's been a lot going on. And, and it's not just about work, right? It's not just about a profession because we all hit these seasons, right? No matter what we do for a living, no matter what our family looks like, no matter what our home looks like, no matter the story, we all hit these seasons where it just feels like life is overwhelming, right? Maybe it is a lot of stuff going on at work. Maybe you do have so much going on that you just can't keep your head above water, where it feels like you're sprinting from sunup to sundown just to get all those things done. Or all of the, the, the to-dos or the tasks at school has just, man, where do you even begin with all of this stuff, right? So you got everything going on at work. You got everything going on at school. And then you know, my car's messed up. And man, I got to fix that at the house. And man, me and my wife's been fighting about this. And, and it just feels like there's always something. I mean, where do you even begin in these moments, right? What is the starting point in all of this? How, how do you begin to tackle? How do you begin to overcome these overwhelming seasons that we all face in life? Well, one of the things God has taught me in this season, and man, it's been a truth that I've been able to cling to in, in some pretty stressful times, is that God always starts working where we quit trying. God starts working where we quit trying. Now listen, let me be careful here because I don't want you to hear me say that, that what I'm saying is we don't do anything right? Man, I get overwhelmed, and so let me just shut down. And I say that because that really is a temptation of mine. I kind of have two gears when I hit these seasons, right, where I get really overwhelmed. I'm not real sure how to tackle everything, how to even begin. And I think it's, if you're familiar with the Enneagram, it's, it's my, my nine and my eight that kind of battle a little bit. I have two gears. One is I'm just going to absolutely shut down. I'm just going to go take a nap. If I'm overwhelmed, I don't know what to do, I'm going to sleep, right? It just, it's what I do. And then after I take my nap, I'm probably going to wake up, I'm going to put my head down, and I'm going to barrel through it all. And listen, just get out of my way, just leave me alone, because if you, I'm probably going to hurt your feelings, just let me do all this stuff, right? And listen, in, in neither one of those situations do I allow God to work in and through me. In both of those responses, it is purely about me, and what I can do or what I can't do, or what I want to do or what I, what I don't want to do, right? It's just about me. And so one of the things I've learned in this season is not that, listen, when I'm overwhelmed, it's not that I don't do anything, and it's not that I try to do it all on my own ability, my own willpower, but rather it means that I have to get out of the way so that God can work in and through me. I think this is what John was talking about when he said, I must decrease so that God might increase. It has to become less about me and more about God. And so the starting point, right, when we're overwhelmed and we have no idea what to do, where to go next, when we begin to see all of these obstacles in front of us and we begin to wonder how in the world am I going to make something good out of this chaos, the starting point, the starting point is where we stop. The starting point is where it's not about me and it's not about you, but rather it's about what God wants to do in and through us in this season. And so as we look at 1 Timothy, that's what I want us to look at, right? is how do we begin to overcome these overwhelming situations? How do we begin to overcome all these overwhelming circumstances? How do we begin to look at our, op our obstacles and see opportunities in them? And so 1 Timothy chapter 2, give you a little backstory real quick. Timothy is not the author of this letter, right? He's, um, yeah, he's the recipient of this letter. The apostle Paul is the author of this letter. Paul is writing to Timothy, who is kind of like his, his young protege, right? Timothy is a pastor in the city of Ephesus, 
And this is, a, this is a church that's been established. This is a church in a major city. And it's a church that's got a lot of issues going on. Just because of the culture around them, there's been a lot of issues within the church. And so Paul has sent Timothy to begin to address these issues and help the church out. Paul, uh, Timothy is a, a young pastor. And he sees these circumstances and he sees the issues and he sees the culture around the church. And honestly, he begins to get overwhelmed by it all. And so Paul writes this letter, and there's a lot that you and I can glean from this letter to to really begin to understand and wrap our minds around, where do we start overcoming all of this? So here's what Paul says, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, Paul says this, first of all then, hey, first thing you need to understand, before you look at anything else, please get this, first of all then, I urge, this is a little bit more than a recommendation, it's not quite a command, right, it's strong, Paul says, I urge That supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. So Paul uses four words right there. Four words that all deal with the same idea. Supplications, intercessions, prayers, thanksgivings. All four of those words kind of tell us the same thing. And it's this. The very first thing we need to do before we do anything else, the first step. The first step in overcoming the overwhelming seasons of our lives is just to pray. Just stop for a second. And man, will you pray? Now listen, please don't check, check out on me on this, okay? Because I know, I know, for somebody, maybe for a lot of people, this feels way too simplistic for you, right? And it kind of feels like a cop-out because it's kind of how we've used prayer a lot of times, right? And let's just be honest. We, we've been on this side of the conversation, on one side or the other of this conversation, Right? Where, where there's been some stuff going on in somebody's life and, man, they've come to us or we've talked to them about these struggles. We've talked to them about this issue that they've, they've had going on. We tried to find somebody to help us, right? And what, what is the response being? Man, whew, that's tough. I'll be praying for you. And maybe you pray, maybe you don't. Maybe you pray one time and then you forget about it, but it's kind of like your checkoff, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, nothing else? I got you, man. I'll pray for you. And a lot of times, man, we, we've used this idea of prayer, just like the, the, the parable of the Good Samaritan, right? We've used it like the priest in that parable to put distance between ourselves and the hurting, right? Listen to me. Prayer is not meant to be a buffer between you and the hurting. Man, I don't know what to say. I'm, just, I'm sorry. Just go pray about it. Prayer is not our last step, right? I heard somebody say on the, the great theological warehouse of Instagram this week that prayer is not our last line of defense. It's our first step. It's our first line of offense, right? Prayer is the first thing we go to. Paul says, first of all, then pray. Because prayer is not just, it's not a buffer. Prayer is not where we put distance or space between us and the hurting. Prayer is a posture of the heart where we wrestle with the the real tensions in our life and we wrestle with the real tensions in the lives of other people. Prayer is where we, man, we just get alone with our heavenly father and we spend time talking with him. And listen, I, I don't want us to skip past that very simple idea, right? That prayer is a time with our Heavenly Father because, listen, you have a Heavenly Father that wants to hear from you. Like, don't skip out on that. The same God who created heaven and earth, the same God who holds life in His hands, the same God who is the sustainer of life is your Heavenly Father. And He says, I want to hear from you. I want to talk with you. I want to speak into your life. I want to hear what's on your heart and what you're concerned about and what you're hoping for and what you're dreaming about. I want to spend that time with you. I want to have that conversation with you. 
You don't have to be a great theological giant. You don't have to know all the doctrine. You don't have to have the right words or the right physical posture. God just says, listen, can we talk a little bit? Listen, maybe you don't know how to pray. Because I hear that all the time. Like, I don't even know. Like, I, yeah, prayer sounds great. And man, I understand. But I, I don't understand. I don't know how. Listen, don't be ashamed in that. Don't be embarrassed in that. As a matter of fact, even the disciples asked Jesus, hey, will you teach us how to pray? You know what Jesus did? Jesus didn't make fun of them. Jesus taught them how to pray. He said, yeah, sure, here's how you pray. And he gave them what, what we quote a lot of times when we call the Lord's Prayer, right? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, glorified be your name. It's not meant to be something to be recited all the time, but Jesus says, yeah, sure, here's what you pray. Pray about what you're concerned about and pray about what you desire in life and pray that God will change your heart. Jesus gives them that example of prayer. So listen, prayer isn't how we kind of distance ourselves from everything else that's going on around us. Prayer is how we press pause, just for a minute. Prayer is where we press pause, all the chaos and all the uncertainties of life. And it's where we gain clarity in God's purpose for us. It's where God begins to speak into our concerns and our desires. And God begins to speak into the purpose he's placed in us. And it's where we begin to see our, our obstacles as opportunities because now, man, it's not just about my willpower, or my ability, or what I want to do, or what I, it's about what God is doing in this season. But while prayer is important and prayer is powerful, I heard somebody say that, excuse me, that prayer, prayer is powerful not because of who says it or what is said, but because of who they say it to. And there's power in prayer, but it's not our only step, Right? The four words that Paul uses in chapter 2, verse 1, supplications, intercessions, prayers, and thanksgivings, they all deal with the idea of prayer, but it's kind of, there's a uniqueness to them all, right? Two of the words, supplications and intercessions, those deal with what we ask from God, right? Supplications is the idea of what I'm asking God to do in my life. God, will you supply this to me? Will you supply this in my life? And then there's the idea of intercessions, which is us interceding on someone else's behalf. It's when I pray, God, do something in that person's life. God, I love them. God, I know you love for them. God, will you do something special? God, will you heal them? Will you make... It's where we pray for somebody else. And listen to me. God wants to hear what we want. God wants us to ask. Like, don't feel bad about that. As a matter of fact, James says that one of the reasons we don't have in life is because we don't ask. Or we ask with the wrong motives. Jesus said, hey, if your, your earthly father knows how to give good gifts, then how much more does your heavenly father want to give good gifts? Like God wants to bless us, but he wants to bless us in a way that gives us good life, right? And so yes, there are times where God says no to prayers, just like as a parent, you might say no to your child who asks for ice cream every single night for dinner, right? Because that's not going to lead to a good life. In the same way God's going to give us, he's going to answer our prayers in a way that, that leads to a good life. But... The other two words that Paul uses there in chapter 2, verse 1, he uses the word that's kind of generically translated as prayers and then the idea of thanksgivings, right? And both of these words are a little bit different than what we ask from God. Instead, it's about what we're proclaiming to God. And so the best I know how to say this in, in the words that like we're used to is the idea of praise. First we pray, and then Paul says, you need to praise 
We praise God. And typically, listen, when we talk about praise, a lot of times what we're, what we're thinking about, what we're talking about is singing songs of praise. And yes, that is an act of praise, but it's not the only way we praise, right? Because praise is about glorifying God. Praise is about lifting up God's name. Praise is about celebrating God for how big, how great he is. And then the idea of thanksgivings, right? I mean, it's very simple. It's very straightforward. We thank God for what he's done in our lives. We thank God for the blessings that he's already poured out on us. Man, y- y'all, y'all know that hymn, Count Your Many Blessings, Name Them One by One? Listen, that's a great principle. That's a great, that's a great thing to do. Hey, look back and thank God. Count your blessings for what he's done in your life. See how good he is in your life. Name them. Claim them. This is what, God, you've brought me over this mountain. God, you've brought me through this valley. God, you've blessed me in this way. And when we begin to look back and we see all that God has already done in our lives, well, then suddenly the obstacles that's in front of us look a lot less scary because we see them in light of how big and how great God has already proven himself to be in our life. So what do we do? How do we begin to overcome these overwhelming situations in life? How do we begin to see our obstacles as opportunities? Pray. Pray and ask God to intervene and do something special. Then praise. Remind yourself. It's not about reminding God. It's about reminding yourself of how good, how great God is. And then the last thing, the last thing is where the rubber really begins to meet the road for us. The last thing we got to do is, listen, we got to actually get up. And we got to begin to pursue the purpose that God has placed in front of us. we got to actually begin to take steps toward what God has called us to do and be a part of. Because listen to me, God has not put a spirit of fear or timidity in you. God has put a spirit of power and of boldness and of passion in you. God has given you a purpose. God has given you a task. God has given you a calling that is simply too important to lay down. God has called us to conquer giants, not give in to Goliath. God has called us to take back territory, to push back the darkness. The church that God has called us to be a part of, the same church that Jesus said, hey, when I establish this, not not even the gates of hell will be able to stand against it. He's given us too much to stop and do nothing with. And so we've got to stand up, we've got to get up, and we've got to step towards the purpose that God's called us to. But what is my purpose? We get hung up in this question, and it's a fair question, it really is. Okay, great, what do I do? What is my purpose? Listen, I can't speak into the, the actual circumstances of your life, right? Like, I don't know your story, I don't know where you go to school, what you do for a living. Like, I can't speak into that, but here's what I can say with certainty. I can say with certainty that your purpose looks a lot like people. The reason I know that is because that's what God's word says, right? 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, we read it, right? Paul said that I urge that prayers, supplications, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made what? For all people. Same chapter, verse 4. Paul says that God desires all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of him. Same chapter, verse 6, Paul says that Jesus gave himself as a ransom for all people. Same chapter, verse 8, Paul says, hey, I I desire that in every place men should lift their hands in praise and in prayer. So what is our purpose? Well, here's what I know. Here's what I can say for sure, that God's heart, and I see it in God's word, that God's heart is for all people in all places to know him, to love him, to follow him, to praise him. And so for you and for me, for our purpose and what we're called to, we're called to pursue the heart of God. And so if God's heart is for all people in all places to know him, well, then that's our purpose, to do whatever it takes to lead just one more person because all people in all places are called to know him. And so as a church and as a people, that's what we're going to pursue. 
Just one more person. Bring one more person to know, love, and follow him, to do whatever it takes to just reach one more person, no matter what they look like, no matter where they live, no matter what their background is, no matter what their story is, no matter how they vote. It doesn't matter because God said, I created them and I love them. And I want those people. And so as a church, we pursue that with all that we can. And as a people of God, we pursue that with all that we can. So here's what that looks like for us in this season as a church, right? Yes, house churches. Man, we started House Church. has been absolutely incredible. Can I just tell you, one of my favorite things about House Church has been the stories of people saying, hey, listen, this person came to my living room and they've never stepped foot in a church. And then you know what? That person, they, man, they brought somebody with them the next week because, because God is doing something special in their life. And it's been incredible to see how God is reaching our communities and reaching our neighborhoods in that way. Here's what else it looks like for us as a church. And listen, y'all better celebrate because I'm a little excited about this one, okay? Not that I'm, I'm very excited about house churches, but in just a few months, we're going to be, as Venture Church, we're going to be launching our fifth physical campus in Jones County, Mississippi. And I got to tell you, I'm excited about it. Yeah. And listen, I'm excited about it, not just because I'm a Jones County boy, right? Not just because that's where I live. I'm excited about it because I see the work that God is already doing. I see how God has been moving in lives of men. I, I see how, how there are, man, there are so many unchurched people. There are so many people who, who need him, right? Who, who need to be changed by his work. And I see how God's already beginning that work. And man, I'm excited for us as a church to be a part of that. And so here's our first step in it. Because listen, I'll be honest with you. There's a whole lot we don't know, right? There is still a pandemic happening, yes. But you know what? That pandemic's not going to stop the church. If the gates of hell can't stop the church, then a the, then the pandemic certainly is not, right? And so we're going to push forward in the purpose that he's called us to. We're not backing down. We're not stepping back. We're not laying down. We're going to continue to pursue the purpose that God has called us to. And so what that looks like for us, our first step at least, is in just a few days on October October 7th, we're going to have our very first vision night in Jones County. It's going to be at the Gables and Laurels, 1915 Bush Dairy Road. And man, we are so excited to be able to stand in front of the people of Jones County and share the vision that God has laid on our hearts. So here's what I need you to do couple of things. One, if you live in or around Jones County, man, will you pray to be a part of this? Will you pray about being a part of this, this movement? Even if it's just giving a year, giving two years to help launch this movement, will you pray about being a part of it? And listen, if you don't, it's okay. If you don't live in or around Jones County, you still have a very important purpose in this. Because I'm going to ask you, just like the Apostle Paul asked the church of Thessalonica, 2 Thessalonians, will you pray We pray that the gospel will go before us, that God's spirit will go before us into our neighborhoods and into our communities and begin to make a difference in people's lives long before we ever step foot there. So here's how we're going to end out our time today. I'm going to pray in just a minute. And then collectively as a church, man, we're going to praise the name of God. So let me go ahead and ask you across all of our campuses, y'all go ahead and stand up. Y'all go ahead and stand up because we're going to pray and then we're going to praise, right? We're going to celebrate God. We're going to glorify Him. We're going to praise Him for all that He's done, for how great, how big, how powerful He is. And then, then we're going to walk out of here. We're going to walk out of our campuses. We're going to take a step from our homes into our communities, into our neighborhoods. And we're going to step towards the purpose that God has called us to, right? Because He's called us to be a part of changing lives. And He's equipped us to do that. So let me pray for us. Lord, we praise You now for how great, how big, how powerful you are. God, we praise you for the work you've already done in our lives, for the way in which you've already moved, for the the lives that you're already changing. 
God, we're excited about the next steps you've called us to as a church. God, I pray that you'll give us the boldness and the courage to pursue you no matter what, no matter what obstacles are in front of us. God, I pray that we will see those obstacles as opportunities for your glory. Pray that you'll guide us, Lord, and that you'll use us. All things we ask in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Venture Church Podcast. To find a campus near you, check out VentureChurch.org.